good non-specific time of the day. Our top story this hour, two newspaper journalists have downloaded a royalty-free generic breaking news bed in a vain attempt to bring some production values to their new podcast. However, the pair admitted that everything that comes after this is essentially just a nonsensical phone call between two friends. Welcome to Ben and Benji Do The News. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Benji Do The News, the podcast where we look at the stories that, well, shouldn't dominate and don't <laughs> dominate the front pages. Ben, good to have you with me this week. Well, it's, and every week. Yeah, for a change, <laughs> you're actually looking forward to my company. <laughs> Likewise, Benji, how are you been? Yeah, I've been good. Uh, I've got a little uh, update on the Benji Potter consumer crusade. Um, after Metro Bank were emptied of their compensation, £75 to be exact, um, this week it's been the turn of UPS to face the wrath of well me oops what's happened so i ordered a mattress last week which was meant to arrive on friday a super king mattress to be exact because um people may notice if you're watching one of our videos or if you're listening sounds a bit different i've moved into my 11 bed mansion and they said we could never make money from this podcast without sponsors i know and how quick it's happened as well (laughs) (laughs) the advertising is very the advertising is very discreet isn't it (laughs) yeah product placement but subliminally (laughs) but nice burton shirt by the way i should mention this week thank you i like it because it's both stylish and comfortable Uh, you know what uh, you know sorry to go on a tangent but that wall i mean the the color of that 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 must be farrow and ball paint mustn't it well absolutely why use dulux when you could use farrow and ball some people say it's more expensive benji but with only one coverage you don't need to buy a cheaper paint and do five (laughs) six seven it actually works out more cost effective So, um, yes, it was, it, it was the turn of UPS to face my wrath. They lost my Super King mattress in the warehouse. How do you lose a mattress? I mean, if you were ordering like a screwdriver bit or something, a rare coin. So, um, they're still looking for the four poster bed. No, um, so they lost, they lost the mattress and, um, Basically, I was on the phone to the call centre of the Philippines. They were giving me all sorts of rubbish. And in the end, on Tuesday, I actually sent an email to the CEO of UPS, um, give me Carol my Tomez. Uh, yeah, give me my give mattress. Me my mattress. <laughs> and within half an hour, someone from a UK call centre had rang me and it was delivered the following day. But what I want to say to anyone that might, in that situation, have just been relieved to get their mattress, you can actually... It asks for consequential loss. And despite UPS saying they don't pay compensation, I managed to get an Amazon gift card for £50. So I think it's a win for me. So carry on the crusade. Was the mattress marked in any way? Because I sort of feel like it might have been in the kind of break room at the distribution centre for people (laughs) to just have a nap on. (laughs) It was covered in Cheetos and Nutella. (laughs) (laughs) But you're £50 up. So, yeah. worth so it. So, who's laughing? And it, would have been any, it would have been anyway. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, um, but one person that was just relieved to get their money back was one of our listeners, Niall Hunt, also known as Fabulous, who actually wrote into The Guardian um, Mm. after he was sent the wrong chair by Curry's, right? Curry's asked him to dismantle the chair and send it back in order to get his refund. But the chair wasn't able to be dismantled because it was sent, I believe, put together. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually like a leather sofa. Like, yeah, Yeah. dismantle it. (laughs) They refused to pick it up. And two weeks later, threatened to take him to court if he didn't pay £95. You know, that's one curry that repeated on itself. (laughs) 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 Left a nasty taste in the mouth. (laughs) They always say you taste the curry twice, don't they? Um, But the Guardian got him his money back. Um, But even in that situation, you know, if you've been through aggravation, stress, inconvenience, I always say go for the jugular and get that £50 voucher. Thank you for voting in last week's poll, the results of which will be revealed later. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to rate it. Please rate it now. Rate it on Apple Podcasts and subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast provider. Um, Just a quick recap. Last week, we talked about the face of the Messiah appearing in oil, dust and mud on a road sign. And you guys have been getting in touch to tell us your famous faces in strange places. Um, (laughs) I want a bit of music underneath that when you you edit it, okay? Uh, Get the team onto that. Uh, Ruth McKee says, I once lived in a student flat that had a water stain in the shape of a fat Elvis on the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) That should have been Uh, a story. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. Elvis is haunting me in the shape of a water stain, yes. (laughs) Uh, We'll give that one to the Daily Star. And George Beeman said, Eddie Izzard in the toilet. Now, when she first put that on Instagram, I thought she'd seen the face of Eddie Izzard, I don't know, in a flaming hot turd. Uh, but it, <laughs> it really was Eddie Izzard, the comic, uh, in a toilet cubicle. So uh, I say to you, Georgia, stop being a bloody peeping Tom. <laughs> so it's now time to hand out the prestigious... Bayford Award for Audacity. And we've been banging on about this now for, this is our sixth episode. So I think to any new listeners, it's worth just having a, a moment to kind of describe what it is. So the heritage of this came from episode one, where we looked at a story about lottery winner Gillian Bayford. And she was asked about the 40k furlough cash that she'd claimed, to which she simply replied, I'm not paying it back. <laughs> and her audacity in that story inspired us to create the award in her name. So each week, the stories we pick are entered into the Bayford Award for Audacity, and you can vote for the winner on Twitter at Ben and Benji. So the contenders for this week were the workers who found Christ on a road sign, the drug dealer who was caught because of his love of Stilton cheese, the people who went on a school trip to jail in an attempt to visit her boyfriend. And the school that photoshopped their yearbook photos to make students appear more modest. And with 66% of the vote, the winner is Bartram Trail High School in Florida and their truly terrible photoshopping skills. So congratulations to you. And what the hell were you thinking? (laughs) I've entitled this story, I've given it my own headline. It's called Sticky Danish, right? Okay. 
And this coming out of a very different kind of Radio 4 in Denmark this week, okay? A journalist fully immersed herself in her assignment, right, Mm -hmm. by having sex with a man on tape while reporting on a swingers club, okay? Wow, okay. Gonzo journalism. So Louise Fisher from Denmark was covering the reopening of Swingland. (laughs) (laughs) You can either get that mixed up as a play park or a jazz club. (laughs) Either with catastrophic results. Not to be Swingland, not to be confused with a children's playground park next door, Swingsland, (laughs) near Copenhagen, when she decided to get properly involved. Audio of her report. Oh. Oh, hang on a second, Was ben. that the audio? <laughs> <laughs> hang on a second, Ben. This is my gag. Shared on social media. Oh, just do the tip down there, right? Sorry, I do apologise. And groan it of, of slapping noises and groaning while she interviews the... Carry on. I'm not finished. I might be doing a podcast, but I'm just reading the story. <laughs> interviews the man about his experiences. <laughs> I took a week writing that gag. Um... She said it helped her interviewees loosen up after they'd initially been wary of her microphones, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's not that's not like a double entendre, is it? For look <laughs> at the microphones on that. <laughs> so, I mean, it just gets better. This story. When she told her parents about the interview, when they heard it, her mum thought it was funny, while her dad found it really cool. And I don't know in which circumstance <laughs> oh, it would be okay yeah. for Louise Fisher's dad to say that an audio clip of her banging someone in a swingers club was really cool. Yeah, that's quite worrying, isn't it? I mean, I guess it's fine to be really liberal and sort of like, well, you know, it's it's her life, whatever. But to be... That's, that's, that's really cool. <laughs> it's just so creepy. The only thing I can think is, is she's actually said... Someone said, well, what did your parents think about it? Sorry, who? Oh, uh, I thought it was really cool. They're actually not speaking to her anymore. <laughs> I mean, what, the, the, there's a great. I mean, there's a few things about this story that I enjoyed. First of all, um, I'd like to know, um, and we'll put this on Twitter, um, if our listeners thought she crossed the line by having sex um, in a swingers club mm-hmm. uh, while on assignment. But this story actually took me right back to a story we did, I believe, in the first week about Luton Airport, right? Oh, yeah. And these stories are similar because in this Luton Airport story, um, these yobs used luggage to have a fight. Yes. And we said there was something quite appealing about using what you had around you. Oh, God, Benjamin. don't you know, go there. See where I'm going there. I'm going there. Yeah. I'm going there. I'm going there. Just wait. Okay. So I think Louise Fisher would have come out the victor if she was at that fight at Luton Airport because of her resourcefulness. But I can think of some times in journalism where getting stuck in with your subject might not be ideal. So, swingers club, getting Must. close to the line, drug dealer, probably on the line. But I don't know what her parents would have said if she'd gone to interview Fred and Rose West, (laughs) gone on a serial killing rampage and started burying their victims underneath the patio. Mum says it was funny. Well, Dad says, it's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's just their stock response. I wonder if she's done stories in the past. And they're just like, that's it now. They don't even bother to know where she's gone to report. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine going to a war zone and just going, "Here, give me that AK forty seven. I did it in the swingers club." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and do that, we know? Do we know who she's a journalist for? Did you already mention? Yeah, that? Radio Four in Denmark. So next week on Radio Four Woman's Hour, Jane Garvey's going dogging. <laughs> <laughs> Radio Four play. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a much better headline than Sticky Danish. <laughs> This is from the mirror. Headline sort of tells tells you everything you need to know here. Teen spends six years digging underground home in garden after fight with parents. <laughs> <laughs> so Andres, We've all been there. yeah, oh god, yeah, who hasn't? Uh, Andres Canto from Spain began digging a hole in anger in his back garden when he was fourteen after getting into a minor argument with his parents, right? So six years later it's turned into a subterranean shelter almost ten feet underground, comprising a living room and a bedroom. Now that's quite a strong and strange reaction to what's described as a minor argument. And it's like the getaway driver who'd been in jail <laughs> a couple of episodes ago for doing some dumb stuff. Yeah, something dumb, like <laughs> an armed robbery. Yeah. So, Benji, I wanted to ask you before I carry on. A minor argument. What do you think that minor argument could have been? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Why didn't you tidy your room? Or why didn't you wash up after dinner? All fair and normal guesses for a typical teenage minor <laughs> argument. No. Andres's parents told him that he couldn't go into the local village wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what, why that is the case. Whether it was because, you know, a tracksuit is just too wild and, and rebellious to wear or whether they wanted him to go into the village naked and he was begging them to let him wear something but it doesn't it doesn't elaborate but we'll we'll assume there's a fair reason for it so <clears throat> the row caused him to grab his grandpa's pickaxe and start digging and Not he did grandpa's pickaxe <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa's pickaxe, no! <laughs> so he started digging and didn't stop. And he, he says he started to use it as a way to wind down in the evenings after school, working on his excavation by hand several days a week, right? But also, a pickaxe, not the most um, useful tool for digging up dirt. Which surely you wouldn't, you'd want a shovel or a spade. You, you seem to be an expert in this, Benji. Have you? Have you? Unless he was living in, in the North Pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to go into. It was Eskimos. You must go into the town wearing your whale blubber, not a tracksuit again. <laughs> You'll catch frostbite. <laughs> Quick, get Granddad's pickaxe and warm yourself up. <laughs> But at this point, so he's digging away after school, but there's a development here when his friend Andreu comes round, which is a strikingly similar name. Um, <laughs> and at this point, I'm just imagining Andres's parents looking out the window, maybe one of them going, should we, should we just let him wear the tracksuit? <laughs> the other one saying, no, we must stay strong. He has to learn. Oh, oh, hang on. What's this? His friend has turned up. Oh, great. Nice to see him mixing a bit more. Maybe this will help him snap up. What's this? What's his friend carrying? Oh, I'll fuck my life. It's a pneumatic drill. No, no, no. This is not a real story. So Where um, did you find it? This is in the mirror. Yeah. So Andres and Andreo spent 14 hours a week digging the hole, studying excavation techniques to create elaborate pulley systems to take the rubble to the surface. Anyway, six years later, uh, Andres is now a 20-year-old actor. 
And like you, I was thinking, uh, you know, he's probably sort of telling this story, looking back on it, saying, God, do you remember that face? And I dug that hole in the garden. But no, he's still digging it. Currently, it has heating, Wi-Fi and a music system, and he has plans to expand it further still. Now, he says that the hole is great. I have everything I need. But Benji, never have I seen a sentence do a U-turn so quickly. (laughs) He adds... It's tiring to work here as it's wet and there's not much air going around. I mean, in terms of everything you need, and call me fussy, air, for me, factors pretty high on the list of essentials. It makes the Shawshank Redemption escape look like planting a a flower bed in your garden, doesn't it? He also explains that uh, occasionally it floods during heavy rain and often attracts insects, spiders and snails. It sounds great. I mean, I, I bet people dread him inviting them round. Hey, do you want to come back to my place? No, thanks. I'm going to go and hang out in a ditch instead. <laughs> I just finished by saying the authorities came out to inspect the work he'd done. And they, f- <laughs> they found no legal issues as it couldn't be defined as a basement, an extension or a storage structure. Well, no, because it's a hole. <laughs> I think any local planning rows from local papers could learn a lot from Andre. And this is how to get, get around planning restrictions. <laughs> Just plan a hole. <laughs> or make something so undefinable that it can't be ruled against. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So at this point in the podcast, we're going to stop to take a look at our favourite second mentions slash knobbly monsters of the week. Uh, you know, again, for newer listeners, you might be asking, what is that? Well, it's where, to avoid repetition, newspapers will use a more descriptive mention of something second time round. So as we've previously discussed, you might have Kim Jong-un in the intro and then in the second part, he becomes chubby tyrant or loony leader. Um, and if you don't already, you should follow the Twitter accounts at Second Mentions and at Nobly Monsters, who specialise in sharing the best of these. We've been very much enjoying their curation. Uh, and we've decided that each week we're going to pick our favourites. So, Benji, which is your favourite Second Mention Nobly Monster of the week? So, um... James Hind plans to show the freaky fruit to as many people as possible, so has put it in the freezer. Oh, so that could either be like some very rare fruit or a fruit like an apple, but it's actually shaped like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtle. I'm going to go for, it's not specific, but I'm going to go for an oddly shaped banana. Ooh, well, you're right on the money. Right, really? <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. A page three in the sun this week. Peckish James Hine peeled a bumper banana and found two inside the skin. We'll put this on our social media. It is really quite incredible. Yeah. I promised that I hadn't seen that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just thought, what's the most comical fruit? But nice. Okay, so... Just quickly, as a side note, what I love about um, James Hind is that every week we're discovering that people that make amazing um, discoveries are becoming wise to the fact that these must be preserved. A bit like the face of Jesus last week being Mm. wrapped in cellophane. James Hind must have read that and thought, freaky banana, stick it in the freezer and wait till the right auction comes up. This is a lot for freaky fruit. (laughs) Well, maybe he's just ageing it as well. Maybe he knows that, you know, when it's a 25-year-old freaky fruit compound interest will have 
<laughs> made it. And sell it at Halloween and the price will have a certain <laughs> conceit to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so mine is not a fruit, but it's a person you've got to guess. So the second mention in this story actually comes in the stand first. So the the celebrity or the, the person is named in the headline. Um, so the stand first is... The polarising car fetishist takes to agriculture in a series that is surprisingly fun to watch. Who is that <laughs> polarising car fetishist? <laughs> I can tell who it is straight yeah. away. But I would say that he's a petrol head. Um, the polarising petrol head. I don't Ooh, know if he well. wants to, if he's into wanking off in cars or like, I don't know, um, you know, making love to an exhaust pipe. Maybe he is. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. This is the sexiest car in the world. <laughs> As he straddles the the, the, uh, the gear stick. <laughs> We've all done that. Yeah. Um, it's got to be Jeremy Clarks. It is. Well done. So there we go. We've both both really one point a piece. Yeah. Yes. Let's do this like a game show so that we 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 will keep we'll keep the tally. Yeah. We'll run it. Yeah. Run in total. This story coming from the Metro online this week. Okay. So your first clue. (laughs) Strap in. (laughs) Strap in. Two of my favourite things here, crisps and monkeys. (laughs) A woman who worked at a law firm was deemed stupid and lucky after climbing into a spider monkey zoo enclosure and allegedly feeding them hot Cheetos. (laughs) How and why? Continue. The woman was lucky to not have harmed herself or the monkeys, but out of luck when it came to her job, which has fired her. Um, footage of the bizarre incident at El Paso Zoo, not to be com- not to be confused with the fajita kids. <laughs> she probably which thought- are both which are both tasty, delicious, and convenient. She probably just thought that oh, they these monkeys are at Old El Paso Zoo. They'll probably love mass-produced spicy foods. <laughs> Don't slate the sponsor. Um, (laughs) That are also delicious and healthy as part of a well-balanced diet. (laughs) It was shared over on Instagram over the weekend. It shows the woman sitting under a waterfall as two monkeys named Libby and Sunday approach her. One of the monkeys reaches as she extends an unknown piece of food. After the monkey backs off to an island, she throws another piece at them. Um, and zookeeper Mason Clyde says that these primates, we're th- these are primates we're talking about. They could do some substantial damage to you. They may be small monkeys, but they can take you to the ground if they wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that because yeah. that sounds like the kind of man that may that works both at a zoo and at a security firm. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're lucky. Yeah. They chose not to floor you, but they could kill you with one punch. They're spider monkeys. They're literally that big. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few things I like about this story, which um, obviously involves Chris and monkeys. But here's where the story takes a kind of a strange turn, right? Um, the Mail Online did a follow-up article about how her law firm had um, 
had fire her. And you're never going to believe this. Um, she worked uh, in uh, as a litigation assistant in a personal injury firm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, um, but the thing is that although she got fired from Love It Law Firm, Love it. a man called <laughs> a man called uh, Mark Davis, who runs um, a rival law firm. Um, uh, reposted Lovett's statement firing her and said, shame on you and your cancel culture attitude about Lovett's firm. And he's actually uh, referred to um, Lucy Ray, who got fired, as his new paralegal. Um, and he said she was jobless because of your hatefulness and is now a proud member of his <laughs> law firm. Um, no word yet uh, if she's been successful in her personal injury claim yeah. against Old El Paso Zoo. Or her unfair dismissal tribunal. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy, though. It's like, oh, this is political correctness gone mad. I defend to my death your right to break into a zoo and try and poison spider monkeys with corn snacks. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story and it just tickled me right until the end this week and I just love the way which you've been taken on. And you did mention it was an online story, so I'm guessing the answer to this is going to be no, but it's just, is there any clue of motive as to why she did this? Absolutely none whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and, there, and there's no quotes from her, as you would rightfully expect. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So no way to verify it. Yeah. Is... Hey, but it's funny, so it's definitely true and not to be questioned. Let's not put a call into her. Let's just get it up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't kill the story by checking it. Yeah. Don't ruin it by finding out it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but seri- <laughs> seriously, flaming hot Cheetos, delicious. <laughs> don't mm. share them with monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Please enjoy responsible. Please don't enjoy in a zoo. Please don't know if try and feel private. She was actually filming the advert. Yeah. <laughs> it was just men in monkey suits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This story has been, uh, it's been picked up a few places. It originally came from WISN, Wisconsin, but I read it on the New York Post. Um, (laughs) So, are you sitting comfortably, Benji? I'll begin. Okay, so three officers from Montana were in Milwaukee for some training and they booked an Airbnb. During the night, they heard some noise and just kind of thought, oh, it's one of the other guys going to the loo or, or someone coming in late. But when they woke up, they found the back door of the property open and then found a 19-year-old man asleep in one of the beds. (laughs) (laughs) They cuffed him, questioned him, and called the local police who took him away. Now, they posted all this on TikTok. And in their recounting of the story, the officer says, This silly guy found the one Airbnb in all of downtown Milwaukee loaded with cops. Now, I've seen my fair share of American cop shows, and silly is not a word (laughs) I would have expected one of them to use. I mean, downtown Milwaukee loaded with cops. That's pretty badass. But like when he came out with silly, I just feel like one of the other policemen must have just been like, 
Why did you say silly for? <laughs> was, trying to was, look tough. Was this man also uh, also the zookeeper at Old El Paso Zoo? Yeah, Florio, if they want to. Stupid and lucky. <laughs> now, another of the deputies speaking to the New York Post said the drunken teenager was lucky he stumbled into the house full of cops rather than a family home where someone may have acted in self-defence, adding that it was a lucky place, lucky time. There's dudes that actually know how to handle that. <laughs> and this is what concerns me. They didn't really handle it, does he? Sort of saying like, yeah, oh, well, good job we're in town. But it, so we called the police station. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And you know what? There were no Call char- the police. There, there were no charges. The, the guy was just let go, right, for stumbling into the wrong house, right? But for me, the real story is man stumbles into a house full of cops and manages to get a full night's sleep. <laughs> Great police work, guys. Firstly, you leave the door open. Okay, basic mistake for anyone, let alone the police. But then you all hear noises in the night and don't even bother to investigate. (laughs) In fact, the only way that they realised that the guy was in the house was because he left the door open. (laughs) If he'd not been so drunk and remembered to close it behind him, he'd probably still be in there. The officers went on to explain to the New York Post um, that the reason they post videos on TikTok is because cops have a hard time right now. And when people can see we're still having fun and we're still real people and we're good, it's a good thing. Well, yes, real is good. And being fun and relatable is good. But do still try and be cops a little bit. Like, Next. lock a door. Did they get out their rubber truncheons and bop him on the head? <laughs> 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 and their water pistol guns. <laughs> I would say that that is probably one of the most fun podcasts we've done to date. Would you agree? I've enjoyed that very much so. I uh, can't wait to tuck into my uh, feed to get Old El Paso, oh, of no. course. What, what better way to spice up a Sunday than with Old El Paso, monkey fajitas. <laughs> so before we head off remember to rate and subscribe on your favourite podcast platform if you did enjoy it even if you didn't enjoy it and rate us badly on Apple Podcasts it's still good for the algorithms show someone's watching or listening Uh, head over to our Twitter for more ramblings during the week and a chance to vote in this week's Bayford poll for Audacity